I know it's not what it says in the bulletin. Hebrews chapter 4. And the reason that is, is because Isaiah 56, it, it, it says some pretty amazing things. And one of the things that it says is um, that, that we are to be a people who love justice and righteousness. And then it goes on to connect that to the Sabbath, to, to a day of rest and worship. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of turn that into two parts. I'm going to preach a little bit of what the New Testament says about Sabbath rest. That's this morning in Hebrews 4. And then in two weeks and I preach again, we're going to come back to Isaiah 56. And hopefully it makes a lot more sense to you once I've given a little bit of backdrop. Does that make sense? Okay. Now listen, to understand our text this morning, which is Hebrews 4, 1-11, we need to back up. So look in your Bibles at um, chapter 3, verses 7 to 11. And I'm going to read that, and that is Psalm 95, part of it. It says this, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your heart as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness where your fathers put me to the test and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was provoked with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. My rest. So the Psalms, he's taken us back to Numbers 13 and 14, where God made a promise there that after 400 years of slavery, He promised His people rest, that they would have their own land, their own cities, their own vineyards. And we see in Numbers 13, they they were about to have this, and they sent spies to the land, but the people were too big. Israel was afraid they did not hold the promise of rest. In other words, they did not believe and they did not enter into rest. And the question is, he's saying, okay, they didn't enter that rest because of their unbelief. Will you enter? Because it still remains today. You see, when you become a Christian, is there spiritual rest? Like that land that God has promised to you. And if so, have you entered into it? Do you know the rest of Christ and then the physical rest that He promises for you in the Sabbath? And so that's what Hebrews 4 is about. And we're going to read that and look at that and dive in. So, if you would, read Hebrews 4 verses 1-11 to with me. And I'm reading from the English Standard Version this morning. Therefore, while the promise of entering His rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we who have believed enter that rest as he has said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. 
although his works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way. And God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again, in this passage, he said, they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter it because of disobedience. Again, he appoints a certain day, today, saying through David, so long afterwards, in the words already quoted, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another later day. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from him. Verse 11. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. Please pray with me. Father, we, we thank you that you are at rest. Lord, from your work of salvation, it is finished, it has been accomplished by your will in the work of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, for us. Lord, and by faith we enter into that rest and you have rest with us. But at the same time, You want us to have times of rest and worship which we need. God, I pray for every believer in this room who has entered into, by faith, Christ, which is rest with God. Lord, that they would also be committed to having a time, a Sabbath rest, where they can say no to all the cares in the world and just come and sit in the Father's lap and rest physically, and rest spiritually, and grow in their faith, and look forward to what's to come, and look back at what you've done in your grace on the cross for them, and grow spiritually. Father, teach us now by the power of the Holy Spirit. Convict us if we need convicting. Console us. Encourage us. Be with us in a mighty way. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, one of the greatest difficulties for most believers is walking in God's rest for us. And what I mean by that is two parts. One, believing that Christ really has done it all and God is at rest with me now. And secondly, taking time in the busyness of this world to rest and cast our cares upon Him. It reminds me of the story of the wagon driver long time ago, there was a man driving a wagon, and he was going to market, and he had his animals in his wagon. And as he drove down the bumpy cobblestone road, there was an older gentleman hunched over carrying everything he was going to sell that week to market. And his pack was, was massive, and he was barely moving under the weight of it. So the wagon driver pulled over and said, listen, why don't you hop in, and I'll give you a ride to market. The old man hopped in the wagon, and as he was going down the road, he just turned around to see if the man was doing okay. And what he noticed was the man was still bearing all the weights of his burden that he had not taken off his backpack. 
In other words, even though he was in the wagon, he was not receiving the rest that the wagon offered him. Friends, we are all very much like that old man. We carry a giant weight, you do, on your shoulders, longing for a time of rest. And when we become believers, often that doesn't change, does it? we still experience and feel this weight upon our shoulders. And you say, yes, I I know, Rusty, I'm heading to eternal rest. But often we know little of the rest that Jesus promises in Matthew 11 when He invites us to come to Him, all who are laden, heavy laden that is, and He will give us rest. Now the hard thing is, there is always so much to do, right? to think about, to worry about. And so we experience very little of Matthew 11 rest or Hebrews 4 rest in this life. And the only thing we know, therefore, about rest is Revelation 14 rest, that one day we will enter into an eternal rest. And so what we find then is the same giants which Israel was so fearful of, which kept them out of their rest. And that is fear keeps us from rest, doesn't it? Always telling us what we were going to lose if we really rest and worship on the Sabbath or if we fully enter into Christ by faith. Well, Hebrews 4, the Gospel, he says, the good news was preached to Israel. And it was a promise of rest by faith. But they came short of it because of their unbelief. And so now, we are offered the same promise by faith in Christ. That was a picture of what is to come. The rest of God that is offered to us by faith. And we are called, therefore, to enter into it by faith. If you're not a believer, enter into the land of rest, which is Christ by faith that God is pleased with you. And then if you are a believer and you're in a position of rest, we are called then to engage in the beauty of Sabbath rest. And that's where those giants always tell us, don't do it. You're going to miss this and you're going to miss that. So here's the main idea today, that our rest shows God's rest to a world that knows no rest. That sounds kind of jingly, doesn't it? Our rest shows God's rest to a world that knows no rest. Your rest shows God's rest to a world that knows no rest. Two things we're going to see. First is, God's rest is your rest. God's rest is your rest. Look at verse 1 with me and verse 3 in the Bible. Notice what it says there. While the promise of entering His rest still stands. Verse 3, They shall not enter My rest. So you ask, okay Rusty, what is the rest that we are to enter that is promised? Notice, you've got to notice this. He says it's My rest. Do you see that? My rest. Not just a rest which He gives, but the rest which God enjoys. Catch that. 
It's not just your rest, it's my rest, it's God's rest that he's talking about. Okay? Verse 4, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. That's Genesis 2 2. So when God finished creating, he rested. Doesn't mean he went on vacation or he became inactive or idle, but he rested from his work of creation because it was finished. It was all done. There was nothing more to do. And so when it says God rested, it means his work of creation was all complete, right? And the reason he rested is he saw it was good. It means he, it did what creation is supposed to do. Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of the Lord. So he rested when the work he made was showing forth his glory when it was finished. Now, does not mean he was tired. It means he was satisfied with what he'd done. He only rests when he is satisfied. Catch that. He only rests when he is satisfied that what he's done will display his greatness and his glory. Now, notice then he talks about his ultimate rest, which is Christ. It was only in the Son that his full glory would be shown. Hebrews 1.3 He is the radiance of the glory of God. Speaking of Jesus. He radiates. Puts out. Shows. Displays the glory of God. The greatness of God. 2 Corinthians 4.6 He gives the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. You want to know? You want to have a knowledge of the glory of God? Who He is? You see that displayed in the face, the person of Jesus Christ. John 17.4, I glorified you on earth having accomplished the work you gave me to do. So listen, in Jesus, God's wisdom, holiness, righteousness, grace, goodness, and wrath, they are on display. They radiate from Him. His glory has been declared to the world so that they may have rest in Him. And so he says, my rest of salvation is finished. So while Jesus was alive, God was not at rest. He was working towards salvation. Where's that from? John 5.17 My Father is always at His work to this very day, and I too am working. This was said when Jesus was persecuted for healing on the Sabbath. Now, let me just wrap up this thought. This changed in the cross. When Jesus announced it is finished, it means a lot of things, but it means my work, the work of the Father for salvation to display His glory like never before in the person of Jesus Christ, it is finished. So in the work of Jesus, God is at full rest because He fully glorified the Father Just like He was at rest in creation on the seventh day because it was finished, because it needed nothing else, so the work of salvation and all those who enter into it, He is at rest. It is finished. There's nothing more. In other words, it's the seventh day after the cross. John Owen says it like this, Like God says, my work is done. 
My will perfectly accomplished. My name fully manifested. I have no more to do in salvation in this world. Friends, this is the rest of the Father. When He says, my rest, it is a rest in the work of His Son. And if you have taken hold of the promise that by faith you're saved, He says you have entered into this rest. You have joined yourself to Jesus. And because God is at rest with the work of Jesus, God is at rest with you. You are in a position of rest and peace and shalom with the Father. You've entered the land. You know, when I was young, one of the things I'd love to do was uh, in Auburn, my father taught at the, the vet school, and I would get off the bus early at the vet school, and I would go running in, and there was a nurse there named Ella, and I'd say, Ella, can I scrub in? And she'd look around, (laughs) make sure no one was caring too much, and she'd say, yeah. And she'd put a mask on me, and she'd scrub me in, and I would go into those surgical rooms, and I would watch these amazing veterinary surgeons with all their students around them doing these incredible surgeries, and then they would sew them up, and it was finished. It was all done. Their work was completed. And when they left, they would marvel, the students would, at what the surgeon had accomplished. The Father's rest is in the work of the Son. He is satisfied with His life, His death, His resurrection. You might say it's been sewed up, it's finished. To be an offer of salvation and rest to a broken, sinful world. And the promise is, by resting, that is trusting in Christ, the Father will be satisfied with you because He is satisfied with His Son. Your rest is the Father's rest. He rests in Christ's work as believers and so do His people. Now there is a great warning here too that must be mentioned. Verse 1, look at it in your Bibles. It says, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. The gospel has two sides. There's blessings first. Like we just said, for those who take hold of the promise of faith, they enter into a relational rest with Jesus. But there's also curses. All who hear the promises, who don't enter in, like Israel, they say, know the God's grace. Hebrews said you should be very fearful. Why? Hebrews 12.29. Let me read that to you. Serve God with the reverence and godly fear because He is a consuming fire. Here's where the fear He talks about comes from. For all those who reject His grace in Christ, they face a consuming fire of judgment. And every beam of God's holiness carries a promise of punishment for sin. So the warning is, don't be like Israel in the desert who did not believe, who died in the desert. If you hear His voice, enter the land, receive His grace. Let His rest, Jesus, become your rest. Put your faith there and be safe. Here's point two. Here's point two. Our rest shows God's rest. 
Your resting in Christ shows God's rest. Look at verse 8 with me in your Bibles. Verse 8. For if Jesus had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. Now, notice he talks about another rest. Did Joshua give Israel the promised land and rest? Yes, eventually. And he's saying if the real rest God gives us was fulfilled in Joshua and the land, then David, years later, would have never spoken about another rest to come. You see, the land, what happened there was a shadow of eternal rest. But there is another rest. A spiritual rest. Another day, he calls it, to come. Now he tells us what he means by verse 9 and 10. Look in your Bibles. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from his own work just as God did from his. Listen. He calls this rest for God's people a Sabbath rest. It is our participation in God's rest. Says in verse 10, anyone who enters God's rest, stop there. If you're a believer, you've entered the land, you've entered Christ, you stand in a position of God's rest. Right? You with me? Anyone who enters God's rest, that means anyone who believes in Jesus. Okay, a little nod. You with me? Okay, now carry on. Notice what he says. All Christians also rest from his own work just as God did from his. Stop. If entering God's rest, Jesus, you're a Christian, then we are to take a Sabbath rest from work just as God did. He puts those two together. You see, the Sabbath is a day to experience a taste of eternal rest. That is why it is for believers only. He says in verse 9, Sabbath for the people of God. Because anybody can physically rest, but only the people of God can experience the rest and peace of Christ and the Gospel. So this is a time to experience His heavenly rest. Resting in His love, in His worship, in His grace, in His provision. So you need both labor and Sabbath rest. Our labor is what makes our rest sweet. And our rest is what makes our labor easier. So if you've entered God's rest, Christ, and He is at a position of rest with you, then you are called to display that. By once a week on a Sabbath, coming to Him saying no to all the fears of the world, to the giants in your life that say, don't enter into this rest. Got too much to do. You're going to lose too much. Don't do it. And we believe. We trust Him. And we have a day where we say, no, I need physical rest and I need spiritual rest. I need to sit in my Father's lap. And I need to hear the gospel that that even though I've sinned and I've struggled greatly this week, He is at rest with me through Christ. I need a Sabbath rest. So how do we think and live this? Well, let's close with these last few thoughts. Why is the Sabbath rest so important? Because, Rusty, most believers take it very lightly. They don't see it as a blessing. Often we see it as a curse. 
oh man, I could be doing so much stuff. First, our rest shows God's rest to a world that knows no rest. Your rest shows God's rest with you to a world that knows nothing of rest. You see, the chief end of man is to glorify God. That means to show the greatness of God. Show Him to the world. And most of us get this with work, right? We say, I'm going to work unto the glory of God. But we don't get this with rest. You also need to rest to the glory of God. We work to the glory of God, just like God did. And we rest to the glory of God. Trusting Him to provide for us in both. Second, Sabbath is a means to enter your eternal rest. Sabbath is a means to enter your eternal rest. Are you saying, Rusty, if I don't keep Sabbath and I work every Sunday, I never have a spiritual rest, and I'm not saved? No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that one of the ways that God keeps you and holds you is what we call the means of grace. In other words, He feeds you spiritually through certain things. Reading the Word. Listening to the preaching of the Word. Prayer. Fellowship. And one of those is the Sabbath. It's when you come and you physically rest, but spiritually you have a time where you set aside to worship Him. It's part of how God keeps us spiritually. It's His goodness and His love to you. Third, it shows you what is before you. It show, it's, a, it's a foretaste of what's to come. John 16.33 In the world you will have trouble, but in Me you shall have rest. This life is one of hard work. Trials. Tribulations. Pains and suffering. We feel all the effects of the curse. And so often we feel like Israel in the desert, like there is no promise. There's no rest. And what the Sabbath does, it reminds us that there is something in front of us. That there is an eternal rest ahead. And for Christians, we have a week of work and then a Sabbath rest. Why? To show us that after this life of work, there is a great resting and enjoying of Christ to come. It shows us this life, our work, our pains, is not all there is, but there is promise for all believers that Christ is waiting and we will rest and enjoy Him for all eternity if we obey His voice by believing His promises and persevere in the faith. So I want to close with these thoughts. Say no to fear. I'm not talking about when your ox gets in a ditch or certain aspects of work that compel you that you have to do. That's not what I'm saying. Say no to fear that will tell you what you will lose if you take a day of rest and worship. Trust in the Lord and enter into that. And what you will experience is a foretaste of what's to come. It will develop in you a greater hope of what is to come. In other words, God on the Sabbath has called you to have a day to come sit in His lap, to rest and to worship and to enjoy Him. And that is just a little taste of what you will have in heaven for all eternity. Amen.
Father, I just praise You, and I know we are saved by grace through faith, but yet You give us these wonderful means of grace. You give us these, these mercy drops, these love tokens in our, in our life, these things that You call us to Yourself. Come, 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 be renewed. Be refreshed. Come, let me speak. Come sit in my lap. Lord, and the world says, just like those giants, no, stay away. Stay away from this rest. Do not enter in. Find anything. Do not enter in. You will lose so much if you do. Father, let us, for those here who don't have a saving trust in Christ, let them say no to all the fears of the world and to enter into the salvation accomplished, the land taken, purchased by Jesus Christ. Where when we receive Christ as our Lord and our Savior, then we know that You are at rest with us on our best day and our worst day. And for the believer who is in that land, is part of Your church, part of Your kingdom, let us display that. That dependence upon You by coming every week and resting, worshiping, saying no to the cares of the world, taking hold of our Savior, and letting Him take hold of our hearts and transform us. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.